0: My name is Keenan Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Keenan? I'm good. I actually have a very random question for you that I was thinking about today. Would you right. would you rather get handed $2 million right now or get $250 a day for the rest of your life?
1: Uh, I'd probably take the 2 million right now.
0: See, I'm the opposite.
1: two fifty a day is cool. two fifty a day is great like that's an extra two fifty a day, but you know that's that's nice but i' will take two million right now. I could flip two million into into who knows how much over time. so yep. I would take the two million
0: yeah, definitely it depends like pretty much it depends on your personality. If you feel like obviously you could take two million and not just blow it on a bunch of different things. And actually invest it and make two million into 100 million or whatever you could do, then that makes sense. But for people who don't I know I can be impulsive. I don't think I'd blow two million dollars that quickly. I'm not that dumb. But I like the fact of 250 dollars a day for the rest of my life because I like the generation of uh, I like the income daily, and plus that'd be every 11 years I'd be having a million dollars. So if I live to seventy five, that would be four million, and I can also do that investing too. So I personally go with the two hundred fifty dollars because I feel like you could sustain a nice life. But again, someone said two million dollars in front of your face. I wouldn't. I'm not saying it's a bad idea.
1: So what's the negative that would happen if you received two million?
0: Um, I think. Like what, be, I what do you
1: th- think you'd blow money on? Like, what's a bad purchase you think you'd
0: see i don't I don't think that I don't think the two million would be would break me because I'm not a person who needs like like the fanciest of cars or the fanciest of house, so I don't think two million would break me in that kind of sense. I could see it if it was like seventy five thousand like obviously that wouldn't be the they wouldn't equate to the same if you're doing two hundred and fifty dollars a day but seventy five thousand I could see because I would wanna pay off some debts upgrade studio things and then probably pay off car like in like the seventy five thousand, i could put into legitimate things but the money would go semi quickly i could see and then i'd want to save some of it and then try to invest some of it but yeah
1: but if you had two million what's what's one thing you blow your money on first what do you think
0: (sighs) oh if I would get a whole new... St- I would get probably a house, but I would be specifically because I'd want a studio set up and the quote-unquote man cave. Like, I have, like, a sports room and then a studio set up, like, in my head. Those would be the first things I spend it on. Other than I probably would, like, help mom and dad out with something. Like, that would be the first thing, but for myself, in my greedy ways.
1: Okay, okay. So, no... I mean I guess I mean obviously house is practical. So but no no like dumb there's no dumb purchase you could think of with it doesn't have to be a dumb purchase necessarily, but there's no all right, I got two million, I'm gonna I'm gonna go stupid here. Nothing you could think of?
0: The only thing would be gambling. <laughs> the, okay. Yeah. The only thing Makes would be sense. like especially during football season <laughs> would just be going like Nose deep into FanDuel and then literally learning and learning as much about gambling as possible. That would be the one thing for me that would be that could be a downfall would be gambling.
1: Yeah, sports betting would definitely uh, increase and it's needed to increase anyway. Same. But that's a topic for another day.
0: Yeah, no that's sports bet. Sports day. betting will be a topic for closer to football for me personally. But go on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting question. Um I mean like, like like I said 2 250 a day would never be terrible. No. But, I don't know. We'd have to up that to like 500 a day or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And that that maybe. That's fair.
1: That maybe I mean, that sounds a little greedy. 250 is cool.
0: 250 <laughs> is cool.
1: i would take 2 million right now, for sure.
0: That's fair. Okay, Um before we get into basketball, I want to ask you and so the viewers can hear, too. How was Summer Jam?
1: Listeners or viewers?
0: Listeners, viewers, same thing to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so dude. Yeah. <laughs> summer Jam was great. Summer uh, Jam was great. It's always always a good beginning to summer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of consider Memorial Day the first. I think a lot of people do. First real weekend of summer. Um, so, yeah, this felt felt like the beginning of some things. You know, uh, yeah. always gets gets the summer start off right. It was a great lineup. Um, obviously, Young Bug and Gunna, who were originally on the uh, on the card, were no longer on that mm-hmm. for, uh, for for reasons you can look up online. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Me came out, did dreams and nightmares, which is like a fucking. That's like a Christmas carol. You know what I mean? Me doing dreams and nightmares at Summer Gym is like, you know, hearing was, a Christmas Carol hearing, at Christmas. I was just going to hear
0: Mariah carry all I want is you at Christmas. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: basically, basically, uh, you know, like I was telling you before, Fat Joe and, and Remy came out. Jada Kiss came out for the DJ K Slate like, tribute.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think the coolest thing, and we actually missed this, I don't mm-hmm. usually go to the festival for the stage. I do like the festival stage couple hours before the main show in the parking lot. And yep. it's usually newer, younger artists, obviously. And uh I don't know who it was, but they brought Cardi out. And I think Cardi brought Colin Kaepernick out. And Colin Kaepernick's also dating Ignessa of Hot 97. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cardi hitting the festival stage, that's kind of crazy. You don't see artists that big. Like, she's a bona fide superstar. She oh, of course. Stage. Then didn't even show up for the main stage. You know, usually when... Usually even if some of the some of the guys or artists from the festival stage will come out on the main stage later on, depending on how popping they are. Yeah. So you, you would have figured Cardi would have came out, but uh no, nah, she kinda she went to the festival stage and then dipped, which was which was wow. dope on her That's, part, I is. think. And I didn't even see that, but I thought that was super dope of her. Um and yeah, now the main stage delivered as usual. You get all oh kinds God. of artists. Um shit, let me what else we got? So, well, Baby performed, Dirk performed. Obviously, two of the biggest artists right now—they killed it, of course. Uh, Pusha T, he killed it. I mean, his set. I mean, he, Pusha T's kind of weird because you got like a, you got a mix of a of an audience. You got a younger audience coming for Baby, Dirk, and the and the more popular artists. Mm-hmm. Pusha T's kind of someone who's been around since the early two thousands, and. It's great, still very relevant today, but he's not the most radio friendly artist. So no. that was interesting. Grace it fits well for it
0: felt well for you because obviously you like Little Baby, Little Dirk, like you like that music, but obviously you grew up on that kind of hip hop of Pusha T, so you gravitate to both. So people like you in your and like even my, me as well, mid to late twenties, I feel like Pusha T's and like that kind of sets perfect for.
1: Right, and he's even. Probably more popular with people, you know, three to five years older than me. Oh yeah, more for so, sure. More so than our demographic, but yeah, we're probably like the last demographic to really understand who push T is. And and you know, you're me being five years older than you, you know, you know, more even me, three to that. five years younger than me is pushing in it. You know what mm, I mean? Mm, but uh yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Like I can't, maybe already look forward to next year's because.
0: You've you've gone like three times, right?
1: Yeah, that was my third summer jam. I think, I don't think, I think this is the first one since COVID. I went in 2019, which was obviously the last one, Yeah, you know, before COVID. And then, uh, yeah, me and Winston were having the argument on the way down. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they had a show last year. And I'm like, nah, I think this is the return, which is is what I think is the truth. I haven't been able to find anything about 2021. So, but no, it was a great show. Can't wait to go back. Uh, the energy was great. There's been, like you said, it was my third summer jam. The first one I went to back in 2013. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the music. There was mad guests. But the crowd was, you know, what can be a typical New York, New Jersey crowd, which is like too cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one and the past one, 2019, they were the opposite like that. It felt like... Uh, I think. The artists were more New York based, yeah. whereas in 2013 it was some West Coast artists, some Atlanta artists, and it made a difference. I think the only southern artist on the last one I went to was the Migos mm-hmm. and this one this one, the ones who were't New York, it was Pusha and Dirk and you know guys like that, who were still extremely popular, especially dirk. Dirk is uh you know he was the star of the show basically. Crowd fucking, you know, the crowd went craziest for Dirk, and it's a New York show, you yeah. know, and that includes Fabio. Fabio, Fabio, headlined the show when he closed the show, and he did not get the reaction that Dirk and Baby got. Um, I forgot the City Girls too. City Girls opened the show, so they got it. They got it going early. Uh, definitely a great show. Definitely a fun time. Good. For sure.
0: I'm glad you had a yeah. good time.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But no, definitely some interesting takeaways. Like I said, with like Dirk being. Just, you know, the star that he is, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Puts it in perspective as a Chicago artist being in New York or Jersey, you yeah. know? But yeah, for sure.
0: All right. So moving on that to was, something. Oh, sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say that was the positives of this past weekend. Uh, there was a game Sunday. Was it Sunday or Monday?
0: It was Monday. And I was just about to say moving on to something that wasn't so exciting for you. Celtics Warriors game five. We didn't even discuss Game Four yet, so do you want to discuss Game Four first, or do you want to discuss Game Five first?
1: Quickly about Game Five, that was one of the weirder games
0: ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a really odd uh, game. Yeah,
1: it's been a really odd series. I would say it's been a fun when it one, was two, it' a fun series when it was two two after, you know. I guess what you can consider a classic game four, as far as like Steph's part for sure. Like that was an incredible shooting performance. Game five, which I've said on here, do or die game fives are my second favorite game to like uh, play a game seven. You know, yep. Um, Games five, six, and seven. I feel like you can almost put in a different category than the first four games for any series. You know what I mean?
0: Regardless of how the outcome goes, other than a sweep, obviously.
1: Right exactly cuz like yeah. even a 3-1 you, game
0: 5 is completely like think of Cavs Warriors 2016 game 5 3-1 yeah. down 41 dual 41s from Kyrie and LeBron that's just obviously like a prime example but go on
1: for sure elimination games in general or just that 2-2 game 5 where you know it becomes a best of 3 you mm-hmm. know what i mean like uh, everything changes yep. and uh the Celtics they played it's hard to quantify. They did not play a great first half. They were down, I believe, double digits at halftime, which it was wasn't fifty
0: one to thirty eight or fifty one to thirty nine. I think they scored I think it was fifty one thirty eight at half. They scored thirty eight points in the first half, which is they did that. They can do that in a quarter. They did in the fourth quarter of game one. They scored forty.
1: Right. And both, it was low scoring on both sides up until a little surge before half. Yeah. Um it was an extremely ugly game, like you know. That's one of the performances I expected earlier from, from at least the Warriors, but it was both teams, you know what I mean? And then the Celtics especially, I don't think they hit a three. Was it, it was either towards the end of the second quarter or the beginning of the third quarter. Like It took everything for them to even make a three. I think they missed Steph- their
0: first 12, and then they like hit like nine in a row. It was a really weird thing. Like They went from missing every one of them to making every one of them for that stretch of time. Exactly.
1: Uh, they they shut down Steph in the first half. They shut him down the whole game. But going into the second half, you go, OK, I'm down. Team's down 13. Uh, their best player's not playing well. He's a non-factor right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they going to do? In third quarter, they come out way more aggressive, Tatum specifically. Uh, and he's had a... Mostly down series. I was gonna say an up and down series, but he's had a bizarre series.
0: Yeah, his but has just getting- been weird because, like, stat. Like, he's at the point now, I think, in his career where stats-wise, he can still get enough counting stats to make his stats not look that bad. But uh, you have to watch the games more so to get a feel for how he played.
1: Right, he's not shooting the ball well at all this series. I think he's shooting somewhere between twenty-five and thirty-five percent on
0: twos alone. Which is garbage. Uh, he, He's shooting well he from shoot, three.
1: Yeah, he shooting well from three. He had four air balls from three in game in games uh game five, sorry. And
0: that's it's just a bizarre game.
1: You know, like <laughs> I said, they're uh they get in control of that game in the third quarter. They let pool you know, they could have gone up double digits going to the fourth. They somehow end up down after the third, which isn't a big deal. But, you know, that pool shot changes momentum again. Almost identical to game two mm-hmm. on the other side where he has Buzzer Beater. Um, that's been only pool's really effective game. You know, he gave you a little something in game four. Game five was probably his best overall gameplay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Again, Steph didn't give you anything. Really, nobody else in Golden State gives you anything. Draymond probably plays his best game of the series. Actually, Defin- in this game.
0: Draymond played. Draymond played his best game of the series. We're gonna get to the guy. I know you're leading up to, but uh, yeah, Steph had sixteen and eight. Like he just couldn't hit a three. He did get to the basket a little bit, which was good. Good for him because like he didn't. He didn't just go like over all over, but it wasn't obviously Steph Curry. Like that was just not a good performance from him.
1: Yeah, no, played a bad game. And he's had a great series aside from this this game. Yep. Uh, And, uh, yeah, the J team was pretty average, Jason and uh, Mm Jalen. And they got nothing from their bench. They got literally, I think they got, I don't have to look, but, you know, I don't think they got more than five points from their bench. I know Pritchard gave them nothing. I don't think Grant scored. Uh, I'll look in a sec, but all that to lead up to, you know, Andrew Wiggins finally living up to his number one pick potential in draft stock, everything that was projected about him it of all games came to fruition in a do or die game five. Andrew, Goes for I would
0: say Andrew Wiggins has been playing well all series, but meant <laughs> yeah like so. he was the best
1: player on the court. you know that game By was, far.
0: By that far. game was there
1: <laughs> that game was there for the taking if you're Boston. If you've got Steph who can't even you know make a shot against you is having trouble even getting open you got them in line, all you really got to do is, you know, what's been their strength all season, which has been, you know, why I've always championed them as a favorite. I didn't say this at the beginning of the year, but once it became clear they were a upper echelon team, you know, they got strength in numbers. We see that. You know, we saw that game seven in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jays weren't playing the greatest, or they got it pretty good, but Grant gives you this game. Payne Pritchard gives you a good game. He gave you good games in the Miami series. This game, they got nothing from Absolutely nobody. And uh, again, Andrew Wiggins, of all people, was the best player on the court. Uh, They couldn't couldn't really stay in front of him. He was picking his spots. He was super aggressive. And I could see just how much confidence he was gaining. I just remember seeing him a couple times get the ball, like in the first half, get the ball at the top of the key, put the ball through his legs and do like a hesitation pull-up, like not even thinking. Like he wasn't even thinking about it. He's got Steph, Clay, and whoever else out there with him. And he's looking for a shot, and uh he went over six from three, but he shot the ball six times. You know what I mean? So he was not losing confidence still,
0: at all. Still, cr- I, I credit that a little bit to the Warriors and how they've all instilled confidence into him. Because I know, like, obviously, this year he was an All Star starter. Like, regardless if you feel he should have been or not, that's just how the position position worked. Obviously, Luca, if he had was the opportunity, would have been a starter, but. Like he's he's gained confidence and gained as a player since he's been in Golden State. Like the role he's in right now as that third fourth option, depending, is like a perfect role for him, and he's starring in that role. And also the bench for Boston technically scored ten points, but really scored four because Luke Cornett and Naismith scored six. So Grant Williams, yeah, they had, really they Gra- really
1: scored four. Grant had three, and, and they had one. one.
0: Peyton Pritchard played four minutes and 41 seconds because he couldn't do anything offensively and you're not putting him in for defense. So it was pretty much like a, okay, Peyton, you're not doing anything today. Old Jalen Brown's going to play 44 minutes. And so is Jason Tatum.
1: Right. And, you know, I don't know. I thought, I thought in game three, I thought Eme outcoached coach Steve Kerr. Well, I, I agree.
0: agree. I, I
1: agree. And Kerr, Kerr was had curry rolling and he'd take him out at spots or didn't keep him in at spots or maybe he should have you know because mm-hmm. it's game three's not necessarily a must win but you know let's be real here. boston's definitely the better team top to bottom you know roster for roster and uh you know i think since then i think games four and five especially games four kind of going offense for defense with draymond mm-hmm. and jordan Poole. You know, you don't see that often in the finals. I thought that was a good decision. His insertion of Gary Payton Jr. in the series has been good. Yes. Uh, You know, he's kind of ditched Looney. Not really ditched him, but... Bringing him off the bench, where I thought he would do the opposite. I thought Looney would be one of the keys to the series.
0: He has been in game four and five. He, I was in game four, especially, he played better. But yeah, game five, he only played another 17 minutes. But Looney's been effective in his minutes. Game five was tough because he had five fouls in 15 minutes or 16 minutes.
1: Definitely has been effective. Um, And then this past game, I thought it was a mistake. That Boston didn't go big You know what I mean They uh, Who was it Someone fouled out for Golden State
0: Draymond Draymond, did. Draymond, Draymond fouled out. out Three times this series I think Yeah Draymond's
1: been Mostly garbage this series With all due respect But Draymond
0: You don't have to respect him for that Like he's played like garbage Just as it is He's just garbage In a series That is
1: Draymond fouls out Boston stays small I thought they should have brought in Either Horford or Robins For some sort of rim protection They stay small and Curry, like we said, didn't have a great game, but 10 Wiggins get to the rim there a couple times where it'd been nice to have some relief, you know? Um, Rob, Williams,
0: Rob Williams has been playing very well all series long. He should close every time against... And, like, this game six, and if we get to a game seven, I think he should be in the closing lineup because it takes away an element of the paint. Like, right. like if if you don't have Rob Williams in, I understand Al Horford's a good shot blocker, but he's not Rob Williams. He doesn't have that lateral quickness. Then <laughs> Steph can get to the basket kind of whenever he wants to, as long as the pin down sc- he gets a screen up top or whatnot. But, like, Steph can get to the basket, and that just puts a lot more pressure on the defense. Rob Williams is really just in the paint patrolling and makes everything much tougher for everybody.
1: Right, and I would at least take... Horford in the paint in that situation. I think we went. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. I don't remember
1: who we closed with, but it, was, it wasn't it was even Horford. Grant and actually, Williams, Mark, I believe. I Marcus thought. Smart. It was Grant. It was Grant. And uh, Marcus Smart, he's played a pretty good series, too. You know, mm-hmm. he finishes with 20. finishes with more than Jalen. Jalen's come and gone. Uh, Marcus Smart, he's really, you know, the more I look at it, our five played well. We got nothing from the bench. And you know, Like I said, the first half was so slow, you know, where the stats picked up and where they dropped off. It's kind of hard to see because, like you said, you look at Tatum's stat line, you see 27-10-4. Yeah, that seems like he was their best player, but he did nothing in the fourth.
0: Mm -hmm. He did nothing
1: in the fourth. He's uh, he's
0: not at the Giannis LeBron level yet where, like, like Giannis can have a 30-point not-good game. But, like, Jason Tatum can give you, like, a 21 point, 24, I mean, even 27 point. Not a great game. But I was going to say, like, he's at, like, he can get those stats because he's he understands how to score in, like, certain spots. But, like, the overall game itself can just not be a game where you feel his imprint.
1: Right. And, like, he had a bad game one. And uh, I wouldn't say he had a bad game necessarily, similar to Steph in, in game five. I wouldn't say Steph had a bad game necessarily. He had a bad shooting game,
0: mm-hmm. had a
1: bad offensive game, but his impact wasn't just null and void. I'd say same with Tatum in Game One, where he had a rough game, but his defense was pretty good. He was making the right basketball plays
0: in Game One.
1: He was taking good shots, but it wasn't a great game by him. Yep. Um, simple and plain. Him and him and JB—they got to step up, specifically those two. Um,
0: Jalen Brown to me needs to be more consistent. Like Jalen Brown like in every game it feels like has a 6 minute stretch to where he shows how great of a player he is and other than that 6 to 7 minute stretch it's been like he's okay. Like yeah. like in the beginning of fourth quarter of game 1 he was great uh first quarter of game f- 3 or 4 I can't remember he had like 16 in the qu- in the half I think it was game four, but, like, he's shown, like, spots, but he just hasn't played a complete game yet.
1: 100%, which is, you know, that's typical of someone of Jalen Brown's stature. Yes. You know, he, he's an all-star. He's, not a, he's obviously not a superstar. Uh, but JB, he, that's the thing about him and Tatum, you know, they might not have the best games, but they will play hard. They will keep you in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The defense is always going to be there with them. But, yeah, this Golden State defense has given them more problems than expected. I would say that defense, their defense has been great. Uh, back to highlighting Kerr's coaching, though. Like, when he brought, he'd spot minutes here with Iguodala. Yes. Um Who else? Bialinka here a little bit, too. He'd spot minutes with them there, very small minutes, and got a lot of Gary Payton. You know what I mean? He makes such a difference. He's the type of player you need in a in a series with Boston who can be physical.
0: And like and the thing about it that I like too is that he plays Jordan he's been playing Jordan Poole in the right minutes. Like Jordan Poole really hasn't played that much like comparatively like last game Gary Payton had 26 minutes to Gary uh, to Jordan Poole's 14. But he plays Jordan Poole in the right spots of where he's not going to get just completely targeted without some help defensively. So then offensively, he can be a spark and get you a quick eight points in three minutes, and then you can take him out. Give you six points in five minutes, help stretch the floor, then take him out. So I think like I think that Kerr has done a good job with how he's played Jordan Poole as well, especially over these last few games.
1: Yeah, I would say he's gotten lucky there. I would because... I
0: agree with that too, because you still can find him on possessions.
1: Because he... He played an okay game four. Like he gave them stretches where they needed, where they didn't, where Steph wasn't scoring, they got just enough for Jordan Poole in game four, and and Clay definitely played well. Clay definitely played well in game four. Clay played great in game five. Actually, he was probably their second most reliable player next to Wiggins. Uh, and Poole actually gave him some good minutes here. They try to keep him away from Marcus Smart. The Celtics actually had something early in the second quarter. They posted Marcus Smart twice they got a bucket they got a bucket and assist from it off Marcus Smart and the next play they fed him in the post against Jordan Poole he got a double team immediately and then we never saw it again uh mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of stuff you need to look for every advantage in the NBA finals or any series And, you know, that was some sort of advantage there. And they just did not go back to it.
0: Boston Uh, has been falling in love with the three a little much. Like the thing about the Warriors is how obviously they have Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Otto Porter can shoot threes. But those are three of the best shooters in the league, especially in Clay and Steph, obviously. But they do have a lot of action to where they can get to the basket. They get layups. Even Clay gets you some post-ups. They try to get to the basket as much as they can. That's why they lead in paint points. In pretty much almost every series, I think, other than the Nuggets series, but you see, as so I say, you see them getting to the basket when Boston kind of gets into tough spots. It seems like they only drive and kick, and they don't get to the basket as much as they should. And those ones are on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because they can get to the basket when they need to. At least from this series, yeah. at least.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree and disagree with that. I mean. Yes, they can get to the basket, but I believe Boston should be playing in transition more. You know what I mean? Boston's a younger, that, faster that, team. That and, too. I mean, you, you know. get
0: to the basket that way as well. Like you just you put pressure on the putting pressure on the defense is even more so would be a better term for it. Cuz going to getting to the basket puts more pressure on the defense than just a few swing passes a screen and then throw up a three.
1: Because I would agree that Boston can get two three happy, but you know, that's been
0: that happens over the course of the whole
1: season with them. And I'd say the reason is because they can get so many good three point shots. Yeah. Like when they were missing when they were missing early here in game five, they were all really good shots. It wasn't like they were playing with the rock at the top of the key, sidestep three. You know what I mean? Those would come here and there, but they were getting good looks and have gotten good looks a lot of the series. Uh you know, I give credit to Golden State for their half court defense because they haven't been letting uh JB JT, get to the rim, you know? Smart's had his moments here and there. You don't see as many Rob Williams lobs. Mm-hmm. So their half-court defense has been stout, for real. So, you know, that's why I want to see Boston get in transition because Golden State's defense, especially Clay, like Clay has not been the same on defense ever since he got back. But games four and five, he's been not a menace on defense, but he's made, a, he's made an impact, yeah. you know? Uh, Draymond, he's had a terrible series game four was a liability (laughs) like he did not i've never seen
0: his mom called him out on twitter
1: his mom called him out on twitter Twitter. but i mean this guy no different than ben simmons no different than ben simmons he had so many he had three or four plays down the stretch in game four or just you know in the second half in general where he had a two-on-one situation at the rim or even a two-on-two situation at the rim He's got momentum, and he's still kicking it out. Like whatever shooter he can find, he he could be at the rim. He's not shooting the ball, Uh, you know. If Golden State wins the series, it's gonna be it's gonna be great for Draymond because man, he's looked washed at certain points. Uh, Like I said, game five—that's that's that's the best he's looked all series. Even game even game four, his stat line would look good. But and I think he did make good plays down the stretch in game four. Draymond played a
0: solid. Last six minutes of the fourth quarter, the previous 42 minutes when he was in the game, he played atrociously.
1: Yeah, he just, he does not look, he, he looks watched. looks like, does not look like the same Draymond. Now he doesn't, last game,
0: doesn't look good at all.
1: Last game, he looked a little more assertive on offense. Uh, his playmaking was there. His defense was better. Um, so, I don't know. Game six, certainly we're going to see that. I forget the number if it's 123 if it's 129 but we're going to see that 129 to 0 finals experience especially in game 6.
0: Yes, for um, sure. Uh question for you. The yeah. f- uh game 5 Steph was that the best Steph you've seen in a game in your opinion playoff game that
1: Game 4?
0: Yeah, I said game 5. Uh, game 4. Yeah, sorry.
1: Uh yeah, I mean he's had some great playoff games. That's been that's a that was a must-win game for
0: them. Yes,
1: you know what I mean. So, I mean that's that's what they're down two-one there, so they're they lose. They like go one, three-one. Yes. That's a must-win. That's that's one of his most important games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it definitely his most important finals game. I think he's had. I'm sure he's had better finals games statistically. I won. But his uh, you know that game, he just hit every big shot they needed. Every big shot. And it wasn't, you know, the defense kind of changes with Steph over the years depending on how much of a threat he is, you know? Like you mentioned, he's put on weight. So we don't see as much as of the, you know, 8 to 12 dribble combinations crazy three because he can't even get that many dribbles off without a double coming. You know what I mean? So his, his, his threes only get higher degree of difficulty. And a lot of them were coming off a screen pulling up in transition you know one or two dribbles off a screen where he's got half a look and he's burying them so mm-hmm. it's definitely up there uh i don't know he was phenomenal that game he was it's hard for me i mean there's a there's Steph haters out there which i don't understand i don't understand at all Neither do you I. know um
0: i don't i don't understand like, haters for the most part of players like there are certain. Play- I understand it
1: for certain players.
0: I no, I understand it for. I said most part. Like I understand haters of James Harden. I completely understand. I understand in a certain aspect, like haters of LeBron. Like I understand in a certain aspect, but it depends on what you're hating on LeBron for. Like when you hate on his game, I don't get that. Like that just makes no sense to me. Yeah, like, and what, it was. But like I, I understand I, what you, I know what you're. I know what point you're making. I'm just saying like I don't understand most haters because they don't hate for the right reason, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean
1: that's why that's why they're haters. I mean LeBron's one thing he's been polarizing his entire career. Yeah, that's why that's and, why it depends and on obviously and obviously, you know, it's been years since, but you know, the Cleveland Miami thing, how he did it, that's gonna turn some people off forever. Oh,
0: of, oh, of course. I mean, it makes and, it makes sense of why you don't hate on LeBron. I just mean between the lines of basketball <laughs> is more so right. what I mean. Than personally, left, like the outside.
1: I was about to give a comparison though, like LeBron, he, as we've said on here, can be extremely whiny yes. during games and stuff yeah. and, and annoying. So, you know, he bounces that out with being a incredible fucking basketball player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a one of one basketball player, right? So that's that's the polarizing part. Curry, who he might shimmy on you, that's about it. He doesn't complain. Uh, he makes insane, like his whole career is just insane. Like how he does what he does is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Dribbling threes off the dribble. So for you to hate Steph Curry, right? Your average person who says like, like I can't believe people actually say this, but I dislike watching Steph Curry play, right? So imagine someone says that. They must hate if they hate Curry, they must hate Dame Lillard. Must hate his game. Kyrie must hate watching Kyrie must must, must hate watching Kyrie. Must must not stand watching Trey Young either. But like they, those four oh, specifically. True. Oh,
0: Trey Young must be the worst out of all of them. If you hate Steph, Trey Young must be garbage to you. And
1: I can get, I can get,
0: and you know, me personally, like you said, like I don't,
1: I don't hate Steph. I don't hate the shimming. Like I think that's pretty much the extent of what he does is the shimming. Matter of fact. As I was, you know, my original point here of how hard for me it is to root against Steph, like him finally getting woken up and talking shit to the Boston crowd. You know, yeah, I the love first court. that. Like, that, was a, that was a different level of Steph. Like he, you know, that's a, you don't see that much from Steph. You see it sometimes, but you do not see it much at all. But him feeding into the crowd, giving it back. I don't know. I love to see it. I, mm-hmm. I hate that it's against my team. But it's extremely hard for me to root against Curry or Clay. Uh, Draymond's pretty easy to root against. Yes. He can be so fucking delusional sometimes. Yes, uh, he's got a very punchable face, obviously.
0: Especially but, when he's complaining for calls. Like, yeah, no, you just yeah, you want to just you want to just say, hey, Mike Tyson in '94. Can you just give him one? <laughs> can you just can you just slap him one, please, for me?
1: Right, like Draymond can be hell annoying. Like, but I would take Draymond in the Celtics in a heartbeat. Like, oh. he's obviously. Yeah, a player you'd hate to hate to play against or root against, but player you love on your team, kind of thing. Mm. Um, but Steph, no, nah, I mean Steph, incredible performance. Uh, I, I'll never understand the dislike. Like I said, it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to root against these guys. I, and I love Clay too, as yeah. I was saying. And he's been playing well these last two games specifically. He's gotten better as the series has gone along, along with Wiggins, who's you know, twenty nine rebounds in two games. He had a great
0: looking like Moses. He had a great
1: Malone. Game <laughs> right. Uh he shout yeah, out to weird. our
0: viewers who know who Moses Malone actually is and how good he was.
1: It's absolutely and uh rest in peace to Moses Malone. Yes. But it's crazy. It's crazy that Wiggins has been their second best player and they're in this series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Clay's given just enough. Draymond's at times given him just enough, even though, like we said, he's had a far below average series. Uh, I don't know. It's been weird. It's been so weird. Like, I'm I'm not nervous as we sit here going into this game six, knowing damn well tomorrow could be the end of the season. Uh, I weirdly have not been nervous much these playoffs. I would say the most, and I think I've said this on here, the most nervous I've been. Game six, uh,
0: Milwaukee, was it?
1: Game, seven Milwaukee. game I was weirdly, seven, Milwaukee. I was weirdly more optimistic in game six than I was game seven at home. I thought Giannis was going to go off for like 50 and 50. But, you know, that and then the moment where Jimmy Butler had the ball in his hands with a chance to either tie or win the game when he pulls up and hits that three. Which yeah. also had me thinking, which also had me thinking, because I was... I was kind of critical of Jimmy. I don't want to say critical, but, I, you know, we're talking most of the playoffs. I'm sitting there saying how, like, I don't know how good Jimmy is anymore, you know what I mean, compared to last year's, because of what it looks like in the regular season. Yep. And he was obviously one of the better two-way players the whole entire playoffs, right? Yeah. Killed us in that game one. Uh, killed us in that game six. He was incredible in that game six. Yeah. And, you know, game seven, he was whatever. But when he pulled up for that shot, I was – Pretty sure it was going in, right? Mm-hmm. It was straight on, it looked good. And just that was just me fearing him without even like thinking about it. Like, oh shit, the shot's going in. And I was thinking the other night, I don't know why the other night of all nights when that shot's been gone for like two or three weeks now, but you know, I was thinking if that's James Harden in that situation, and I know we talk about him a lot, hate on a lot on here, but like that's your I'm just not fearing it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there are certain
0: players that you don't feel like you don't fear and you fear. If that's Dame Lillard, it's that's that's a bucket. That's a bucket. Okay. If that's Steph, I bet you're in it's like, okay, that's probably a bucket. Clay, that's a bucket. LeBron, that's a bucket. Like James Harden, I'm not worried about. That's like the first one that comes to my mind. I'm just not concerned that James Harden's making that shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just. Uh, it's weird over the course of the playoffs or the course of watching basketball, the players you do and you do not fear.
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. um, like, I know, like Max Struess in that he series, I started to fear him a little bit. And there's a certain players where you develop, and it's you know you have no control over. It. You don't realize mm-hmm. until that shot's going up where you're like, "Shit, I did not want this guy taking the shot, or I do want this guy taking the yes. shot." Yeah, that- and that's really how I uh, that's really how I judge my my players as far as like who i'm afraid of Mm -hmm. uh and my fear in clay has only grown over the course of the series it's not it's not prime clay fear and you know i've never really had a crucial game to root against clay up until this point but you know i can tell you i haven't been as afraid of clay obviously as probably i would have been in years class past curry on the other hand i'm scared to death of you know what i mean like ever since game one Even in game five when he's struggling, I'm thinking the next shot's going in, the next shot's going in. So it's frightening. I think we deliver though. I think we have a good excuse me, I think we have a good defensive game tomorrow. Whether we hold Steph down or not, that remains to be seen. I doubt it. But I do think we'll hold Clay in check. You know what I mean? Or Wiggins if it needs to be. I think I think we'll hold whoever's like the two and three guys on that particular night in check. But you know they you can't squander opportunities like a bad curry game or, you know, in a mediocre everyone else Golden State game. You know, it was a good team win for them, but man, when you got two out of their top three, if you even want to consider dream on that anymore. But, you know, those big that they're big three, they're core three. You know. You yeah, basically yeah. a B plus out of them, maybe. I'd say a B plus effort, I guess, out of them and in game five, and we lose by double digits. They got to do better, clearly. But I don't know. I'd like to see them attack more, pick up the pace more, get the crowd into it tomorrow, give themselves a good chance. Because you know, we haven't seen Boston choke really yet. Um, they looked a little I mean, tight uh,
0: at the end of game five, to me. They just, that, a, but they didn't. They didn't look. They didn't choke or anything. Don't get me wrong. A I they little just looked tight. A little. Just like a hair tight. Just a little bit. That was the only time I I felt that the whole series. They had a hair tight at the end of game five.
1: And I thought they just looked bad. I didn't think they, you know, were doing anything out of the ordinary. I don't, you know, I I didn't think they were rushing shots or anything like that. I just thought like, you know, damn, this is the greatest look kind of thing. Yep. Game six, if it's third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, it's a, you know, four point game either way. I got to be honest with you. I don't know how this team going to respond to that. I don't know, but you know, this team's very capable of getting up 15 to 25 on any team. Tomorrow would be the perfect night to do that. Tomorrow would be the absolute perfect night to do that. Uh, and then put all the pressure back on Golden State going into game seven. Um, I just, I truly don't know what's going to happen. I am not nervous for the Celtics yet. I say that, but we're, you know, more than 24 hours before the game. Um, I think, we're, I think you're going to see a good effort out of Boston. That's for sure. At least. Whether they win or not, we'll see. They definitely need more from their bench. If they get anything at all from their bench, they should be okay. Uh, Derek White, from the end, from the middle of the Heat series up until, I think, you know, game three of this series was playing great, was playing aggressive. Last game gives you one point, you know? Uh, they can get anything out of him and Grant, at all, and hopefully, Peyton Pritchard. You know, they should win tomorrow. They should. That should just give JT, JB, really their whole starting five enough because, you know, again, they're a strength and numbers team. They're one if your bench gives you anything. One of those starters has a big game. You should be good because everyone else is going to chip in just enough in that starting five, as we saw. Like I said, the starting five from game five had pretty good numbers all around, despite you know, what the game actually was, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, they just need more from the bench. And like I said, pace is a thing. E-May, I'd like to see, I don't know, come back with some sort of game plan, whether it's getting to the rim more, like you said, making posting smart, whether it's, I don't know, being more physical. I thought Golden State was a more physical team, again, last game, which can't happen. They're such a finesse team, you know? That's mm-hmm. Boston's game. They should They should be able to muck it up a little more. But... We'll see. It's going to be an insane atmosphere. Both crowds have been great this year. You're going to get a great, desperate Boston crowd, which is going to equal an insanely loud Boston crowd, uh, which is advantage Boston. There, you know, some of the young guys, you know, that might get to on Golden State, like Jordan Poole. He he didn't play great in his Boston games, so you know, we'll see. I can't wait. I got confidence. In my te- I got confidence in my team. I'm going down with my team if they lose. Of
0: course.
1: Uh, and, uh, I don't know, we'll see. I got good feelings, though. I really do. I, I, really do. I
0: game six, game six, I thought that Boston was going to win this whole entire time. I'm starting to lean towards the Warriors last game the way they lost. If they would have lost on another game on a Steph big game, I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. But the fact that Steph went 0 of nine and they ended up losing by 10, but it really was more than 10. Like the 10 came at at the end was not. It was not a good look. Not that Boston can't win Game Six. They definitely can, and they might. I'm still a little. I'm still a little hazy on how I'm feeling about it. But by the end of this pod, I'll definitely give an answer of who I think is winning Game Six. Steph, I was just a uh, heart back a little bit, just thinking Steph's best finals game probably was this, his best statistically technically would probably be his 47 against the Raptors. I think this was his most impactful finals game for sure. Yeah. As, as a what, do you have?
1: what do you have 47 against the Raptors in the, in in the, the, in the
0: No, in the game for a loss. loss. Um, that was the game that had no clay and no Durant. He went for 47, 8, oh, and 7, and they lost. But that was probably, other than this game, it was like the second most finals points in a loss ever, Tony. Obviously, LeBron's 51. But that game, this is, yeah, one of his most memorable games. The other couple that come to mind would be it was like 40 against Portland off the injury because he scored 17 in overtime. I was gonna but, say. I was gonna say that one was crazy, but like I would probably say overall that this was Steph's best game, just because he was down two one in the situation. Like he's had other games that were comparable to this, but this is probably his best.
1: I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. I
0: was gonna say because um, he's. I was gonna say he's. As they say, he's not a great playoff performer, and things like he's. If you go through, he's been great in the playoffs. Who said that? I know there have been there have been people who say he's like not as great in the finals. Like, it's just like in the greater sports media, that's not just like the Twitter (laughs) sports media, but like in the greater sports media, people are worried about if Curry's clutch, if Curry plays well in the finals, things of that nature, which I just think is ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. But it's 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 a legitimate conversation that people have, though, that Curry is not that guy in the finals, which he's averaging over 27 a game in the finals. So I don't understand how that's a thing, but... First group
1: yeah, that I'd say, is. I'd say at this point Twitter and big media is almost one big sports media is pretty much more than the same at this point. It's hard to find it's hard to find some some honesty and truth in there. Cause yeah, Curry I'd say Curry's game doesn't raise a ton in the finals, but that's not necessarily that might be the that's probably the case with I don't know, ninety eight percent of players, ninety nine percent of players. Rarely do you do you have a player you know, I guess what you could say is of Steph's caliber, who uh, who doesn't raise it, but he basically stays the same. And, I, you know, this one, I'd say, besides being five, you know, especially this one, obviously being without Durant and being without what Draymond was. Clay's not even what Clay was, you know, a few years ago. Yes. Certainly in the last finals trip, you know, Curry's really never been better. You know what I mean? Like, as I said prior, this team's not, this is probably the worst finals team. This is definitely the worst finals team out of all of them. You
0: know, mm-hmm. they have and, more future. Uh, they have more future talent, I guess. They have future talent on this team for sure. So like in a couple of years, this team that could be the same collection and be much better than it is this year. But yeah. this year's but this year's team, because you haven't had the ascension of pool or the ascension of Kaminga, Draymond's gone down. Clay's gone off of an injury like it's really been Steph Wiggins and then whomever contributes on that night. Because it's yeah, been a few nights Clay hasn't, few nights Jordan Poole hasn't. Pretty much every night Draymond Green hasn't. Um, so you, it's just kind of whoever contributes on that night along with Steph and Wiggins, who's been playing the same level of consistency throughout the series, which give you about 15 to 26, I guess, and then give you some rebounds and play good defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... it's It's incredible, and it will be. If the Warriors win the series, it's going to be dangerous for the league. That you know, Wiggins is probably going to come out of here. as As we stand right now, Wiggins is the second best player on Golden State right now. Right, like as far as what he's given them, he's been the second most important player. If Golden State wins, if Golden State wins, and you know, we're going into next season with Wiggins with that amount of confidence. That's scary. That's gonna make everything only easier for Clay. I mean, we I've said this before, but you know, that's with everyone else. This specifically being Andrew Wiggins, former number one pick who does have have Hall of Fame talent, right? I don't think he's gonna make the Hall of Fame necessarily. Who knows? But, you know, his career certainly hasn't led up to that so far. It
0: hasn't, but if he had an iggy second half of his career, I mean, not that like, because if you look at the stats wise, him and Iguodala is semi comparable for the first half of his career. If he had like a, if he wins two or three championships by being one of the fourth most, imp- one of the four most important players as he is this year, he possibly could get in off of that. I don't think he will, but I mean, that's just, that's not off the table, I should say.
1: Right. like it's, it's just dangerous if that guy gets that level of confidence because, you know, that's been his thing is not having a high motor yep. and, uh, you know, if they can somehow unlock that motor and it's, you know, an NBA Finals success, that's that's certainly scary for the rest of the league. But uh, back to the original point, you know, like Draymond and Curry, like in those past years, every year really, they're really, they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like Curry's ball. Curry's ball movement, along with Clay's ball movement, mixed with what Draymond can give you offensively, mixed with what he can give you defensively, was like their whole their whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Curry's again. I'm not calling him overrated here, but Curry without Draymond, like, there's there's certainly a difference. So, like, Curry Curry benefits so much off of Draymond, and mm-hmm. he just hasn't been that since since his injury because his first half of the year, Draymond was actually playing pretty incredible defense. He
0: was playing and, great. I mean, he. He would have probably he would have been in the top three for defensive player of the year and might have won it. If he stays on that same trajectory and plays the entire season. He might have won it.
1: Right. And uh and now he's he's been a liability. And Clay's been, like we said, feeling it out, you know. So with with that, yeah, Curry this is the best Curry we've ever seen for him to be able to carry that squad. You know? I agree. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how he bounces back, a from game five, and you know how he tries to close out this game because I think, I think we're gonna get a top notch Steph here.
0: You I know, do similar, too. I one similar,
1: of- Go on. Similar to Tim Duncan, sorry, similar to Tim Duncan in game six, 2013, spelled blood against Miami. He played an amazing game six, uh, and that game wildness ensued, and they they end up losing that game. You know, uh, I see Curry. And maybe even Clay. If it's Curry and Clay having a dual Splash Brothers game, it'll be game six. Clay, right? It'll be tougher than I think. It was game. Was it game three? They both played really well in Boston. Game
0: three. Yep.
1: I think yeah. I think Clay had five threes that game. Curry had a good game, and you know Boston still won pretty easy, which is why game four everyone's looking at a must win for for Golden State. Um, You know. I don't know. I'm expecting Steph to be there tomorrow. I'm expecting not a repeat of performance of Game 5. I'm expecting at least some moments of explosion. Um, We'll see. We'll see. And you never know. Draymond can flip the switch and there it goes. You know what I mean? There's a series right there. Draymond all of a sudden decides to be Draymond in Game 6. You just never know with a championship team like that. That's why you can't can't play with fire like that because that fire can come out at any point as we've seen. We've literally seen it. So we'll see. I got... Confidence in my guys is wavering a little bit. I can't lie to you. It's wavering a little bit. It is. It's scary being down 3 2 to guys who've been there before, done that before, blah, blah, blah. And they're hungry. They're hungry. I... You, heard, you heard Clay talk about, oh, never been so happy to go back to Boston. You don't want to hear that as a Celtics fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they smell the blood. This Boston team, what I'll give them, I've, you know, obviously seen. All of JT and JB's career, these guys aren't going to go down without swinging. You know what I mean? They're not going to sit here and pass the ball around, scared to take that shot. They're going to go down swinging. Marcus Smart, too. You know, whether, whether it's like 33s going down swinging and just, you know, jacking it up, trying to make something happen, or if it's them playing the right way, possibly just missing shots and going safe being the better team, that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. But
0: La- one, of last be couple, one of the last couple things I do want to say is 1 I I'm making the I think the Warriors win game 6. The way game 5 made me change my Warriors from 7 to 6. I think Steph has a great game one of the last times a few times he's came off of a three point game or no three game he was injured one of the last times he actually played the next game was when he when he had 13 threes against the Pelicans after having zero against the Lakers i don't think he's going to have 13 threes tomorrow but i also do i do think he's going to have a very good game game 6 clay seems to be a real thing clay actually like in closeout games or those important games clay shows up Draymond understands. They show up. I feel like Draymond's going to show up like he did at least in Game Five, and they have won. they won two.
1: Defined show up for him. I'll at think. least you know, I say.
0: Thing. At least like he was in Game. He's not going to be a defensive liability at all. He's gonna have a. He's gonna have a strong impact defensively. He'll get you maybe eight to ten points, and he'll get you around seven assists. Like about seven to eight assists. So I think he's going to have an impactful game defensively for sure and offensively not be a liability and have be a playmaker, the playmaker that he is. The Warriors have won two of their three championships on the road. One other than say, their first one they did win game six in Cleveland in that hostile environment that they had. So I think that the Warriors are going to win game six. If they lose it, it's not like it's going to be a shock to me because I originally had them in seven. But I do think because of how the series has gone, games four and five, that they will win game six.
1: And I've, a close one.
0: And a close one. Boston's not going to go down with that. I think the Warriors will get up a little bit early. It will get up early-ish. Like, I think it will go back and forth, first half, third quarter. The Warriors make their run. The Boston throws their punch in the fourth, makes it close. But the Warriors execute down the stretch and maybe like a 107 to 100 win, something along those lines.
1: I could not tell you when the last time Boston lost three straight was. I do not see it being tomorrow though. So oh, I'm rolling with the Celtics.
0: That's fair. I, I expect I, I would be kinda disappointed, Kyle, if you said the Warriors were gonna win the series. I would your listen, Celtic if, card if would I, be stripped I, for a day.
1: If I actually listen, if I actually felt like they were gonna lose, I would come here and tell you that. Oh I, I know you,
0: I know you're an honest guy, but I'm um, saying your Celtics card would have to be stripped for a day. I mean, unless it was like Maybe. obviously due uh, to an injury or something, but like, all de- all depends. In all a series depends. like this, it, I feel like they, he's got to be stripped for a day, just a day, just just twenty four hours.
1: It, I think it depends. It would depend on how they lost Game Five. You know what I mean? I think they.
0: I think they lost it in the they, like, worst way possible.
1: Right. If they if they would have came in here, for instance, if they would have came in here, or walking into Game Six, coming off a loss like San Antonio did to Miami in a Game Six. You know, then I'd be like, man, I do not like the chances. I think the game will be there, but I don't, I don't like our chances. You know what I mean? That's a demoralizing loss. Uh, maybe
0: one of the most demoralizing losses in NBA history. That was yeah, so tough. Yeah,
1: maybe the most. Maybe the Honestly, most. Uh, maybe. So, you know, we definitely squandered. it. Like I said, their best player played like shit. We locked in. You know what I mean? If you tell me you're going to lock them up, and that's another thing. They missed foul shots left and right. Boston didn't deserve to win that game at all. They played, they just played stupid. They really did, Um, but you know, that's kind of the life of a Celtics fan, especially in 2022. You never know what you're gonna get out of this team, and that's even including when they've been the best best team. They've they've at times reverted back to that dumb team that we saw at the beginning of the year in these playoffs. Whether that's for a quarter, whether that's for four minutes, whether that's for it hasn't been a whole game, but it can manifest itself at times. I don't think that'll happen tomorrow. I don't. This I think game,
0: this game's going to come down to a pretty simple thing to me too for Boston on their end if they want to win. Just don't turn the ball over. They get sixteen or more turnovers, this game will be over, in my opinion.
1: That's part of it. They just got to play smart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I do, like I said, I do think they're the better team. They're not the more experienced team. I do think they at least push it to seven. Okay. What happens in Game Seven, we we will talk about that. In a couple days, but I do think they push to seven, and I think they'll be. Yeah, I think you are going to get. I think they're going to get a total team effort. Uh, it's more aggression, like you said, more aggression at the rim, more pace. Because if it is hard for them to score in the half court, then shit, push the ball. You're the younger team. You're the more explosive team. Use that athleticism. You know.
0: I also wanted um, to say this. Uh, we were talking about Game Six, Tim Duncan, and that uh, the fateful loss that they had. Yeah, thirty and seventeen off thirteen and twenty one from the floor. <laughs> what an amazing! Like that may have been like one of his last great playoff moments.
1: It really was. Yeah, he was out for blood. He yeah, was out for blood. He, I want to he, say like twenty two or twenty three in the
0: first half. You know, he just he went off. I know Tony Parker had a few plays down. The, he only went six to twenty three, but Tony Parker had a few uh, jump shots over LeBron and the of, In the last of that game, I was like, oh, okay, Tony Parker's gonna close it out, and then we obviously. Allen hits three-pointer. Bang! Oh, my God. That was such a great moment. We were at Andrews for that one. That was such a great moment.
1: That was a great game. I think I almost fucking... I mean, obviously, I'm not a fan of either of those teams. I think I nearly lost my life that game. I was in shock. The
0: The only game I lost my life more in was 2014 Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that was a great game. I was gonna That's say awesome. that was
0: the greatest game that I've ever physically seen. And then this that was pretty, the, that the was mess-
1: pretty much That was pretty much the football equivalent to that game. Those game. those games were those games were both very similar because there was game. so much action in both games that led up to that point.
0: It really was. And like obviously in this scenario, LeBron would have been like Tom Brady. LeBron had that sixteen point, I think, fourth quarter after he went no headband LeBron and Obviously, Brady had those two game, like the two drives at the end of the game to really put them up, 28-24. Those games have a very strong parallel, and then obviously the Ray Allen and the Marshawn Lynch, two separate reasons, but they kind of correlate in that. It's too de- debilitating.
1: I'd say Ray Allen and Malcolm Butler,
0: both pretty yeah, Sorry, Yeah, sorry, other way around. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, Malcolm Butler, kind of the same thing, but like different and how I said it, yes. They're both improbable plays that happened to lead to the victory of that team
1: i'll say this i'll say this i've been pretty good at predictions this series i did say the celtics were going to win game one i told you that regardless of what happened in game three we'd get a game four classic i predicted that i did predict a game four game five classic game five did not happen game five was just a weird game was kind of a knockdown drag out game i might have predicted that i don't know but i've been for specific games, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good.
0: I've been. I was the wrong every other. I had Warriors one and three, and Celtics two and four. It was Celtics one, and three, Warriors two and four. I had it going. I consistently had it going back to Golden State two two, and then I had it Warriors Boston Warriors. But I'm taking out that Boston win there. So I've been solid so far, but I'd obviously the how it's gone in order has not been my. I think Warriors in six now, but if it goes seven, I would still have the Warriors all depending on how game six goes unless it's like an injury or something along those lines.
1: Word, word, word. I, you know what? I think we're getting to game seven. I think we're getting to game seven.
0: Again, um, I would, I'm not ever mad in a situation to where there's a game seven. So me being wrong in this scenario is not the worst thing in the world. So I'm not going to be upset about there being a game seven at all.
1: Boston's fans are going to be insane. Them all, like they, insane, insane. They it's might spit be on Clay.
0: <laughs> they might just spit on. Oh no, they spit on Draymond Green. They'll <laughs> probably just spit on him. I'm they kidding. Will, I'm will, kidding. They will not spit on I'm, anybody. I'm, I'm absolutely kidding.
1: They will be on their best behavior. Uh, but no, I think we do win. I think we win. I think, I think somebody gives them a spark off that bench, and you know, it might not even be. I could see E. May. I mean, I would hope, man. If we were not getting anything from Grant, Peyton, Pritchard, and you know whoever the third guy off the bench might be, Derek White, I would hope he gives someone spot minutes just to give us something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, we did. We will be coming off like two and a half days rest, so that's good. You know, long, being the younger,
0: long flight too, but
1: we should be okay. There's they got plenty to win. They don't seem they don't seem rattled that they're down three two. Um I don't know this they push the ball they should be okay they really should and you know that would be dangerous for Golden State if they do start playing with pace and then you know decide to do that in game 7 which it would be hard in any game 7 to play with pace because of the physicality of game 7s I
0: think um, I think Jason Tatum needs to have somewhat of a game 6 that he had in Milwaukee he doesn't need 46 but I think in spurts I think for them to win this game, honestly, he's got to be the best player on... the definitely the best player on the Celtics, but arguably the best player on the floor.
1: He's got to at least be a threat. A per, uh, I think he has be a threat. to be the
0: best player on the Celtics for them to win. Because there are games where he doesn't have to be the best Celtic on the floor to win. He has to be the best Celtic on the floor to win game six, in my opinion.
1: So I disagree with that just because, you know... I'm, Watch this team all year, and they don't necessarily they don't they don't necessarily need that. They're well rounded enough to where they can get enough from everybody. Oh, they you know can what? for there's, sure. I'm just saying in
0: this specific game six, in my opinion, I think that he needs to be the best player just in just this kind of game.
1: I'm and I'm saying, and I'm saying that's, that's like I say I only partly agree with that because we've seen this team in the previous two series come off a bad losses with bus win games, you know what I mean? That Game 5 in Milwaukee, you're right. Turnaround was Jason Tatum being the best player in that Game 6. Uh-huh. Uh, they lose Game 6 and at home to Miami. Tatum wasn't necessarily the best player in that Game 7. Um, I think, you know, let's say let's say JB puts up a 30-piece tomorrow, you know, and Tatum has something like 22-8. and eight. I still think that's a game they can win, especially depending on what they get from Horford and Smart. So I don't necessarily think a Jason Tate master masterclass is needed, but he at least needs to be a threat, which he hasn't been at all. You know what I mean? If he can give us something going to the rim, you know, some sort of, like in the third quarter of last game, he was a constant offensive threat, and then the fourth quarter just went away, you know? If he can be that for, you know, two to three quarters of tomorrow's game where he's a threat, because he's always going to at least be a spot of threat unless he's, you know, shooting four air balls. Uh, if he can be a threat, we're okay. We got, like I said, we got enough strength in numbers. Our defense can, you know, just put you out of a game. So, you know, he just show up in some capacity because that fourth quarter was egregious from on his part, on, you know, the entire Celtics team part. So mm-hmm. they just got to be ready to play, make some threes, get to the rim, lock up. They should be right. They're the better team. Um, you know, whether that happens, we'll see. You, you never know what you might get from a Steph Curry, a Clay Thompson, a Draymond Green. You know what I mean? They're not... Two of the three are certainly not what they used to be. And Curry might not even be as an ex, as explosive of a scorer consistently as he was maybe, I don't know, before the injury, right? Before his wrist injury. uh. But I we would, saw him getting... I would disagree we saw game, with that.
0: But well, I was about
1: to say. I was about to say. Game four, we saw he was just as explosive. You know, we haven't seen it as much. As uh, even like the bubbles was that the bubble season or the twenty twenty one the twenty
0: twenty the twenty twenty one season? But that was I mean they had less offensive options, so that's why he had to score thirty two a game. I think this True. year he hasn't had the he hasn't needed to. I think True. he can do but, it, but he just hasn't needed to do it as much. And then the finals, he has needed to, and we've seen him do it.
1: Seen him do it. We have seen him do it, and that was. But I would say we had the whole postseason, and we didn't really get it until. The end of that Dallas series and then into the, the Celtic series. Yeah. You know? I, so, I,
0: I just didn't think I mean he didn't have to really in most of the series before. That's well that's, he never
1: ha- he never has to, but that's the thing with Steph Curry. You make two or three, and it doesn't matter if you have to or not, you're in for a long night. And we just haven't been subject to that as much with Curry lately. But you know, something about him has been woken up within the last three weeks. He smelled he smells that ring. So you know, like I said, I'm scared to death of him specifically tomorrow. And really, that's all Clay needs to get going To seeing a Hungry Curry. Or, you know, that's all a champion needs in general is to be that close to a ring. Like I said, so we're, I think we're getting a good staff game, great staff game, pretty good Clay game. But I think, say it again, I think Boston staves them off. I think I we're think,
0: okay. I think this is going to be a kind of classic game six.
1: I agree. Give me a score.
0: I had a 107 100. So pull
1: the
0: end. I think, as I say, I, uh, I said earlier that I think it's going to be the Warriors are going to get up a little bit early, and then it'll, the Boston will kind of be a back-and-forth first half. The Warriors are going to have one of their third quarters. Steph's going to probably go off for 15 in it, something along those lines. Boston gives them the last punch. The Warriors come back, and it just goes down to the stretch. I think it'll be seven just because of the fact that you'll get, like, be like 100 to 98 and then you'll get free throws and things like that. I think it'll end up being 7 but the game will be closer than 7 if that makes sense.
1: I'm going to go 115-109, go slightly more high scoring.
0: Okay.
1: I think I think Boston picks up the pace which will... They need to. They need to but uh, what the scary part about that is that can kind of play into Golden State's hands. That's what Curry they, likes chaos. They you have I mean? to
0: pick up the pace without turning the ball over. That, well, which yeah. is a tough thing to do because obviously when you pick up the pace, you're more subject to turnovers. But if you dip, if you start to try to pick up the pace and then you get bad shots and then you get turnovers, that's when the Warriors are dangerous and where you lose Steph, you lose Clay, you can lose Jordan Poole, those kind of – they'll need to pick up the pace and be careful with the ball.
1: Give me a final stat line for Steph Curry.
0: Come 30 –
1: Thirty-two six
0: and five. I think thirty-two six and five. I think probably actually I'll go thirty-five six and five. I think he'll go into the first half with probably twelve ish. I think he'll have about thirteen to fifteen in the th- um in the third. So probably like he probably goes into the fourth with around twenty six, and then he has like a nine point fourth something like that. All right, work. Clay has around twenty four. I think Clay has a. I think Clay in the beginning of the fourth has a big stretch, makes a few shots, like keeps the keeps the Celtics big run that I think they're gonna have at bay enough to where the Warriors can combat it.
1: We've been talking entirely too long about games four through six. Uh, so we're going to get out of here. We'll probably have a shorter show. We'll definitely have a shorter show before game seven. That will happen. Um, yeah, Keenan, great talking to you. Good talking Can't to wait you as well. can watch long. this game. I wish the game was on in a half hour. I do too. Well, we're going to have to wait uh, 24 and a half hours, which is okay. But, yeah, this will be going up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by the time... By the time tomorrow's game Well before tomorrow's game obviously, oh, It'll definitely be out uh, before
0: tomorrow's game If it's tonight or tomorrow morning-ish It's going to be out before 3pm tomorrow For 100% sure Follow us at Warner Brothers Podcast On Instagram for sure Katie, great
1: talking to you We will be back soon
0: Have a good one